hierarchy just does not work with religion. It works in all the departments of life. Concrete science, devotion is religion, the sixth ray. Ceremonial magic refers also to governments, to politics, to all forms of uh, ceremonial or ritualistic type of activity. Such things as people going to work every day at a certain time is ritualistic. Science, I've just mentioned, fourth ray of harmony to conflict is in, in humanity that associated with artists and artisans and all the things that produce beauty in the midst of strife and warfare. And there's many people like that, this yellow ray. The third ray of, of activity is not just mathematical, sometimes we call it mathematical exactitude. It's not just um, the scientists that are mathematicians, for instance, and scientific thinking and the higher levels of it, and philosophers and philosophical thinking, but it's also businesses and the way money is channeled throughout this world. And those that actually handle money are those of the third ray. And some great members of hierarchy are responsible for this ray and this type of activity in, in humanity. The second ray of love wisdom is our wisdom religions, the esoteric teachings, the new age, if you wish, the new age philosophies, those which synthesize religions, those which synthesize science. And the first ray of will of power is the ray of politics, the ray of governments, the ray of those that rule us. For instance, also, we can get lawyers and things like that, and also warlike activity. This particular ray is the most misunderstood because a lot of people don't think of war as a form of spiritual activity. But so much can be learnt throughout the ages through war, through the way soldiers have to face hardships on the battlefront, how much they're confronted with death. Every soldier has to think very much about dying and every soldier has to think very much about the loss of everything they hold dear as they're marching off the war. They have to think in terms of starvation, in terms of possible capture by the enemy, and these types of lessons are very good lessons to learn about the nature of transience, the way everything is ephemeral, everything is always changing for all of humanity. So we've all learned the lesson of war. This is the first way method of teaching. And it eventually teaches us that um, killing and causing pain upon other beings is not the right way to go. Why? Because we've been killed and so we've been murdered and um, sometimes raped and whatever. These types of teachings are hierarchical teachings so that later on people learn to not kill, to not go to war, to not hate. They've learnt their lessons. But they also know that they can't hang on to material things, material objects, material goods because such things as wars and famines and pestilence and, and all these other types of things that, that, that God can give to humanity will destroy those things and just nature of human greed. You can lose them in civil lawsuits and so forth. Hierarchy governs all of karma. Every jot and tittle of karma is regulated by the hierarchy of light and love. They are lords of love. They absolute love. Everything to do with human karma is regulated by them. The karma of nations, the karma of civilizations, the karma of all of the kingdoms of nature, the way the animals interrelate, the way animals evolve. All this is according to the law of karma, the law of love, because they're the very heart of God. They only know love. And the only way to enter into the portals of the hierarchy of light and love is through the laws of love and obeying it. 
And so only those who have actually mastered themselves in the path of love become the high members of hierarchy. And love is not emotions. To love truly, you must conquer the emotions. The emotions always lie. They always stort. They always tell you what you emotionally want for yourself. It means shallow thinking because you think emotionally. You do not think anything out seriously. It's quick thinking, rash, impulsive thinking. And this is not the way of hierarchy. Hierarchy thinks in love and from terms of love only. Very careful, calculated thinking. Seeing all the seeds of the karma, past, present and future. Working always with the way karma goes. Never fighting against karma. And every great member of hierarchy when they incarnate, incarnate purely to cleanse karma. To cleanse the slate clean of their own past karma when they've done misdeeds and the karma of humanity. They work always to make sure that humanity no longer creates any more karma for themselves. And it's a continuous process. Life after life, they may incarnate like Jesus did 2,000 years ago, knowing full well that everything he did would lead to that physical plane crucifixion, physical plane torture, being stoned by the Jews. Very few of you would walk willingly and consciously to your deaths to the most horrendous form of torture you can imagine. But an enlightened being will, a lord of love will, because that is the best way to educate all of humanity and to cleanse his own personal karma. You say his own personal karma? And I say yes, indeed it is so. If you can see the many lives of Jesus, you'll find that he's had many lives of evil doing. How else can you become a lord of love unless you've done so? How else can you learn about love unless you've known the opposite? Because on this planet, there's also a brotherhood of evil. The lords of dark faces, it's called in the secret doctrine. These beings of evil control humanity as a whole. You only need to look at Hitler and the gang that he had around him to see what would happen if lords of evil would control this planet the way humanity would be, what they would be slaved to. There are always beings like this incarnate. And they are the myriads of beings on this planet, selfish, self-focused, separative. Most people on this planet are what we call spiritually sheep. They simply follow. They follow the forces that guide them or control them through thought projection, through the emanation of energies. In the end, it's consciousness and energy that is all there is, producing human reactions. So, what opposes the forces of light, the brotherhood of love, is the force of evil. And the force of evil is not just types like Hitler, but beings who have practiced magic through and through, who are sorcerers, adepts of the black arts, and who have underneath them large numbers of beings, who they manipulate, through cunning, through money, through selfish methods, because of people's selfish motives, because of people's selfish desires, because of people's hatreds and spites, because of people's witch-hunting attitudes. This is what they have in this society as their control. And they don't care about anything else but themselves and about the power they have over others and everything in front of them. So the forces of evil is everywhere manifest and the brotherhood of light is very few in numbers because most people on the whole are still selfishly motivated. They're not really walking on the path of love. 
even if they are following some of these new age religions. Fundamentally, they still think of themselves above everything else. And this is not really love. This is not really the way of hierarchy. Throughout the ages, if you really look at the history of human evolution, you really have these two camps in, in nature, these two camps in society, these two camps in civilization, throughout the history of human evolution. The forces of evil and the brotherhood of light. The brotherhood of darkness, hatred, maliciousness, spite, working for selfish power for the self, and the brotherhood of light, working towards human enlightenment, human betterment, the better social conditionings, to make all beings much and more loving so they can travel onwards and outwards into cosmic space. One produces cancer and the diseases of this planet and the other produces the health and vitality. What stands in between is humanity itself and human free will. No brotherhood of light can ever manipulate or control human beings and will do so or try to do so because humanity will always have the right to choose which way they will go the way of selfishness or the way of love. God, a Kohan of the Ray, could, with the merest flick of the finger, turn anyone here into a being of love, turn them into a robotic love being. No true understanding but truly love because the energy is there. The light is just pushed out automatically. But that being will not evolve, just simply be a little child of about the age of two. That's the way humanity was in the Garden of Eden. No knowledge of evil, no knowledge of, of themselves, no knowledge of nakedness, no knowledge of sex, no knowledge of any crime whatsoever. Just simply obeying the injunctions of God until Eve spotted that tree of knowing of good and evil. And the consequences was humanity became wise. They were ousted of the, from the Garden of Eden and reincarnated again and again and again and again until they became wise. They learned all the lessons of life. We don't want humanity like in that Garden of Eden. We want them to become gods, to be able to eat the fruit of the tree of life, the other garden, the other tree in that garden, which was hidden from Adam and Eve, surrounded by cherubims in this Bible story. Yes, to become gods yourself. And the statement in the Bible is, is it not written that ye are gods? This is an Old Testament statement. And this is the truth. So, freedom, human free will, is the battleground. You can choose the selfish way, or can you choose the way of love? And very few beings indeed choose the way of love. And to become the highest members of hierarchy, you must be tested very wisely indeed in the way that you wield love, the way you develop love. All aspects of selfishness must go. All aspects of selfish thinking must go. All aspects of materialistic thinking must go. All attachments to the material world must go. What is left? A brother and sisterhood, if you wish. A collective mind. Enlightened consciousness. Only devoted to the helping of others. Only to the development of awakening the human consciousness to cosmic visioning, to cosmic reasoning. Far vaster knowledge banks that anyone on this earth knows. The most enlightened philosopher of, in the Western world is only a child as far as hierarchical thinking goes because we can see the stars and we know and we are one with our brothers in the stars. This hierarchy of love on this planet is one with all other heart centers and all other 
planetary and solar systems in this local cosmos. They all share the same vision because when you're working for the common good within this planet, then you realize very quickly that this planet is but part of a solar system and every part of the solar system is alive, sentient, full of beings, angelic beings as well as human, evolving together because there's more dimensions of perception than just this physical. This physical plane is just a battleground. It's a place of transmutation of base elements into gold, to use the alchemical philosophy. We have an astral plane. We have a, a astral plane is the realm of emotions, as given in my former talks. We have a mental plane, the realm of the mind. These two realms is where people go to after they die. We have a kingdom of souls. If you wish the realm of enlightened being, we have uh, cosmic space, four subplanes of cosmic space, the four ephrics where the chakras in the body of God exist. Then we have cosmic astral space and so forth. It goes on upwards and upwards into greater and greater and higher, more rarefied dimensions of perception. And hierarchy resides in this chakra system in the body of God. And that chakra system of this earth is just simply a part of the chakra system of a larger God, that of the solar system. And that solar logos is but part of a chakra system of a larger God which is the Logos of a constellation and that Logos of a constellation is but a part of a chakra system of a larger God which we call the Logos of all the constellations of stars you see above you and that Logos of the all the constellations of stars you see above you is just part of a chakra system of a Logos of the Logos that embodies the chakra system of the entire galaxy and that Logos of that entire galaxy is but a part of a chakra system of Logos of a whole grouping of galaxies. And so we go on. And hierarchy is awakened to all of that and all the interpenetrative lives and consciousness associated with it. When you awaken to the heart of life, it is to the heart of the life of the solar system which is part of the life of a greater cosmic being beating out it's love for all sentient beings, all incarnating together, all sacrificing themselves for the benefit of every sentient being throughout this cosmos. And the only way to the knowledge thereof is by being a being of love and passing the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Not through emotionalism, not through oming and humming yourself um, to near death or thinking that can be done through drugs or any other self-indulgent methods. Love and love only. Sacrificing yourself. Being taught by hierarchy of light the way of love and passing the dare testings on the path of love so there's not one shred of self-indulgent thinking in you, not one aspect of selfish concern. Only the betterment of humanity. Only working with them according to one common plan as to how humanity can be helped. So the path of love is the path of sacrifice. It always was, always will be for all sentient beings. Therefore, the members of hierarchy are very small indeed. Very, very small are the numbers of the initiates that can truly master the love principle. Very large. And this is the, the straight, narrow gate that leadeth to the kingdom of God and broad is the way and large are the number of beings that enter this other path to selfish concern. And that is the way it is for most. The great members of hierarchy 
um, these lords of the seven rays, as I call them, the Kohans. Kohan in the Sanskrit term, uh, the, ter the correct term is Dhyan Kohan. They are divine beings of meditation substance, is what Dhyan means, in the, the translation of this particular phrase. They're no longer technically members of the human kingdom. They've long ago merged with the angelic kingdom or angelic counterpart of themselves and have evolved out of the human, but they're lords of love nonetheless. They have, um, as the heads of the hierarchy, which is the heart centre of our Lord of this earth, um, three beings, what we call the Manu's department. And the present Manu in the Hindu philosophy is called Vavasvatu Manu. In the Bible, he's simply called Noah. And the story of Noah is simply this. Before the great flood, Noah was instructed by God to bring his family together and because of the evil of the generation, their evil meaning beings involved in sorcery and nothing but selfish acts that are destroying the planet, that the God needs to destroy or cleanse this Atlantic, Atlantic continent um, and cleanse most of humanity on it and instructed Noah to build an ark or ship. And with his family, bring every type of animal there two by two. Of course, the ark is a symbolic ark. Nobody in the Bible can imagine a number of species of plants and animals that would have to be put on that ark. But it's a symbolic ark, spiritual ark, yes. And those particular lives and the way the lives of the New Age are to be um, directed throughout time and space, the evolution of life itself is the Manu's department. It's the department of Noah. And all species of lives are worked out according to their evolution, the best way for them to go. And underneath the Manu, this first-rate apartment, comes all of the diva, all of the angelic units, the great archangel, the cherubim, the seraphim, etc., um, all the way to the little um, pixie and fairy and elemental um, who are responsible for the machinery of life. The Manu directs human souls, the way human souls evolve as a human kingdom and interrelated with all other kingdoms of nature and their souls and how they evolve. The next high member of hierarchy, none of the Manu incident, it comes what we call the first-rate apartment, this warrior apartment, this red Lorraine. Um, wars and famines and pestilence and all the other ways that human mass karma must be augmented and resurrected or directed so that human karma as a whole is a stream and streams of karma are worked out in the Manu's department so that um, all of humanity, all the kings of nature go in accordance with the plan of God. All karma is worked out in the Manu's department. Vast departments, not at all understood what one iota by the world's religionists or the New Ages. This is the direction of the streams of life and the way karma must be manipulated in such a way that nothing but the good comes out of all of the selfishness and evil that human beings do and the sources of this planet as well all come under the Manu's department. Eventually their karma is rectified and they must become lords of life. Maybe in a future solar system, but eventually the grossest black being on this planet will become a being of light because karma is rectified and adjudicated in such a way. All karmic adjudicators and his department. The next department in the hierarchy of light is what we call the Christ's department, the department of the Bodhisattva. And this particular department of the Bodhisattva, which is a Buddhist term, uh, a Bodhisattva in Buddhism, is just simply this, one who has gained the right to enter nirvana 
but will not do so until all sentient beings have been saved from suffering. Then and only then will he enter nirvana. It's the same um, statement as Jesus said, I, if I ascend to the Father, will draw all men unto me, or take all men with me. This is the Bodhisattva vow. Will not go to the Father's kingdom, that is in the kingdom of God, or the higher realms of being, until all sentient beings have been released from suffering. And this is the hierarchy of light as a whole. And this Christ department, headed by what we call the Bodhisattva, the Buddha was the Bodhisattva of a previous uh, generation, um, and so when he took his Paranirvana and left this earth, then the one we now call the Christ is, took over his role as the future Buddha Maitreya. And when he becomes Buddha and access, uh, manifests Maitreya, then he goes off and another being takes his role as a future Buddha. Always these beings are the head of hierarchy. They are the very heart of the love principle. And the Christ department is concerned with consciousness the way consciousness, not just human consciousness, but all consciousness and all kingdoms of nature evolve. And they make sure that all human consciousness, all other forms of sentiency and all other kingdoms of nature evolve together according to the plan of God, upwards and onwards in time and space, outwards through all the dimensions of being, they direct consciousness. And with, in this Christ department, we have all the great enlightened beings that work for this work, unified as one. All the great names of Buddhism, all the great names of all the religions are there, including all the scientists, etc. All working to make the human being think better, think clearly, not think emotionally. Any form of emotional thinking must go to simply logic and love. Love is clear, cold reason. It's beautiful, clear, absolutely devoid of emotion, absolutely devoid of warmth, if you wish. Vast as the night sky. Sees everything in its vision at once. Not aberrated by human pettinesses and thinking. So the Christ department, simply this, in Buddhism, the department of the Bodhisattva and all the Bodhisattvas together, working out their common plan for the betterment of all kingdoms of nature. And then they work out when to incarnate, what, when not to incarnate, what to push in humanity, what not to push, and so forth. And they have opposing them to forces of evil. The third department in the hierarchy of light is called the that of the Maha Kohan. Maha means great, Koha means great lord of um, meditation or mind substance. This is the mother aspect. The Christ department is the sun aspect. And the Manu's department is the father aspect. We have father, son, mother. Rajas, sattva, tamas in Hinduism. The three aspects of deity. The trimurti, the three aspects of God. And the Mahakohan's department is the green ray. The <coughs> Christ department is the blue ray. And the Manu's department is the red ray, the first three rays. And uh, the Mahakohan's department, he has underneath him... Um, the five rays of mind, the five pranas, the five fingers, if you wish, in the hand of God. And this particular department is responsible for civilization. They work with human civilizations from, from epoch to epoch. We have the um, Roman civilization, if you watch, the Greek civilization before that, the Minoan civilization, the Egyptian civilization, the Aztec or Maya civilization, all these great civilizations throughout time. Atlantic civilization, Atlantis before 
um, it was destroyed. These are all worked out by the Mahakorn's department. And they, they mold men's lives in accordance to produce what you might call a perfect civilization, as much of it as possible. This new age is part of their education. Civilization, of course, um, always we've got the problem of human free will. So this is the third ray department. Underneath these three great lords, which are initiates of the seventh degree in our philosophy, we have initiates of the sixth degree, which we call the Kohans of the Ray. Um, and uh, they also have names in our philosophy. Um, we can give them the incarnations, such as Padmasamhavna, Sankapa, Milarepa, Jesus, and so forth. These are simply just, just um, names of certain individuals they've incarnated in certain religions. Um, but uh, they simply sometimes in just want simple names for themselves, and you can give them numbers if you want. First ray, will of power, um, Moya, uh, Alexander the Great. Whatever name you want to give them of their particular life, it doesn't matter. Um, second ray of love, wisdom, Kuthumi, well, <laughs> uh, does it matter? The various names, they have their names, and uh, these names are important. Third ray um, of active intelligence, and so forth we go down with the seven Kohans of the seven rays. And then we have underneath them 49 sub-ray departments in the hierarchy of light, always thinking of light, because light and sound are interrelated, and light and sound together produce form as you see all around you. You cannot produce consciousness without registering light or sound. Try to think without, um, without having the sound patterns in your thoughts, as your thinking process. Try to see anything, even if your eyes closed and register anything in consciousness without images forming there. Light and sound produces all that is around you. And there are, if you wish, 49 beings under these seven kohans that produce the seven times seven sub-rays. And each of these are called masters of wisdom and they're technically initiates of the fifth degree. However, not all of these 49 ray lines or sub-ray lines have yet been formed properly, there's not all these masters incarnate because humanity is not, not yet perfect. There's so many things in humanity yet to evolve. Um, humanity is just at a certain stage of development and therefore um, hierarchy is not perfected. Therefore there's not 49 masters. There's rather something like 22 masters incarnate um, and initiates of younger degree within hierarchy um, holding lesser posts, what we call ashrams of the masters of wisdom. And these ashrams of the masters of wisdom are not the Hindu ashrams. They're not um, people like Shivananda sort of incarnate with um, a lot of Hindu followers and some Westerners. These are inner plane ashrams um, and they compose of disciples from all religions. And then underneath them we have initiates of the fourth degree. Um, some of these are masters of ashrams too, some of these younger ashrams, one of which was Jesus 2,000 uh, years ago when he took his fourth initiation on the cross. That is the level of the initiative of the fourth degree. The purpose of Buddhism is to make initiates of the fourth degree. That's what a bodhisattva is. A bodhisattva, like um, Ablakatishvara, sets a tear of compassion for the suffering ones and then vows to spend all their time helping those suffering ones they see downward. They, Avalokiteshvara in Buddhism, which is the whole symbolism of the Bodhisattva, the compassionate one, simply means the downward-looking Lord, always looking downwards. Underneath these fourth-degree initiates, of which there's roughly about 40-odd on this entire planet, 
disinclinate or inclinate. We have the, the um, initiates of the third degree, and these on the whole are equivalent to your, the, the great Hindu saints and sages. Virtually all of the, those that people worship in Hinduism and, and many of the other religions are initiates of the third degree. They tone down the teachings, they give more or less the platitudes that the common devotees of the world love and respect. These initiates of the higher degrees, they come as great destroying angels. They always come as reformers. They never ever simply um, come as a, as a follower of a religion. They come to destroy what is there in order to bring up the new. Whether it was in the Renaissance to bring in a new art, art movement and a new um, philosophical movement in the West or as um, great performers within a religious context and sometimes a new religion altogether. The high initiates, when they come to speak, they're never understood because they always come to give something new, which is sometimes centuries ahead of where the average way of thinking is of the religionists around them. The younger initiates, these initiates of the third degree, nearly always understood because they teach in methods that the average person, the average devotee, um, loves and acknowledges because it's along the lines of what they've heard many, many times. Therefore, they generally have their thousands and millions of devotees around them. Underneath them, um, and these initiates of the third degree um, are enlightened. They're, if they are fully, fully enlightened, they're going full soul consciousness. The, underneath them, um, and therefore they've mastered, if you wish, the mental plane in the, the realm of the mind itself. Underneath them are those that are working... Um, in relationship to the devotional masses, the initiates of the second degree. Um, they're working towards uh, the mastery of emotions. They generally teach of the emotions and generally swayed by the emotions and they generally have masses of the emotional type around them. They can be movie stars even and, and rock singers. Uh, often they are initiates of the second degree. Um, when you have the, 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 the devotion of masses, then it's nearly always the second initiation you're looking at. Initiates of the first degree are those that are generally working for the betterment of the planet on a physical plane level. They are often sort of much involved with saving of the trees, for instance, saving of the whales. Um, they are often concerned with, with hatha yoga, with, with tai chi, with martial arts, with food and food fads. Anything to do with um, anyone that's really into food and diet and things like that and very fanatical in that way is generally a first degree initiate. Anyone that you think is to do with the body and somehow the body is the supreme focus of the attention thing that the, 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 uh, the um, control of the body in some way relates to enlightenment. These are first degree initiates or working for the first degree. Underneath them are two levels of what we call disciples, um, pledged disciples and accepted disciples and then we get the intelligentsia and so forth down to recap off the start of my talk. This is the way hierarchy is. So we go from three to seven, to technically to 49, to hundreds, to thousands, and then to millions by the time you get to um, intelligentsia. Okay, so this is the setup. And when a being, every being on this planet is working towards hierarchy. Every being, no matter what they are, are pushed by hierarchy towards love, towards human betterment, towards better, better thinking, away from their selfishnesses, away from their separative thinking, away from their self-aggrandizement, away from their malicious way of thinking, away from their narrow-minded and bigoted forms of thinking and so forth. 
This is what all of hierarchy does. Whether they're first degree initiates onwards, they're always working towards improving the lot of those around them. Except the first degree's influence is more to do with the material world, and by the time you get to the fourth degree's influence, you're talking about psychic realms and divas as well as human beings being influenced by them, and they're working consciously with. For a vaster scope of being. And you, all beings, uh, that, for instance, initiate of the third degree, means in a former life, they've been training for the second and in former lives they've been training for the third. Generally, it takes seven lives from the first initiation to the third initiation. Something like five lives from the third initiation to the fourth initiation. Something like 12 lives, therefore, from the first to the fourth it takes. That's the general rule of thumb. And it takes 777 initiations, Jenny, um, from being evolved out of um, the animal kingdom to become an initiate of something like the third. So vast streams of lives, um, vast number of lives, we're just learning things to do with common humanity until eventually, in the last 70 lives, you start to learn the way of love, and the last seven lives, you tread the path of initiation until your soul is gone and you walk the higher cosmic way as a young child in that cosmos. And this is the way it is. So all in this room, from my perspective, um, have trod this path of initiation from former lives and you'll continue onwards and onwards and onwards. No Buddha, no God is not travelling the path of initiation. They're all thriving that one step ahead of them. And as they do so, they gain the respective um, expansion of consciousness and the ability to help greater and greater sentient beings. You start off with your own little concerns and eventually as a Buddha you evolve into the cosmic space and you have to learn to help on the cosmic level. And you eventually become a solar logos and then a logos of a constellation and a logos of a galaxy and a logos of multiple galaxies and so forth. You're talking about aeons upon aeons upon aeons of incarnations if you wish. Onwards the whole creation grown up and travaileth and pain together as St. Paul puts it, another great member of hierarchy. As I mentioned in the beginning, therefore, it's impossible to think of life without thinking of hierarchy. Yet so few individuals on this planet even contemplate that hierarchy exists. They do not imagine that enlightened beings actually get together and try to help as a group. And in the new age, the only way of evolution is group evolution, group consciousness, uh, group awareness, group sharing, group testings for initiation. Only through the group in the future can individuals um, become enlightened members of hierarchy. Not individual training anymore. It's totally as a group because the way of the heart must be true. And the way of the heart is only through the collectivization of units into non-separative, wholesome group. And I bow down with my full heart to the path of hierarchy. I am a conscious member of hierarchy, yes, and I'm helping as much as possible all beings that come to me to actually understand what hierarchy is, to teach them their method, and hopefully the way of love. And it's so different, so, so different to what people actually think love is. Always sacrifice, and always you'll have stones thrown at you. Because very few people are willing to tread this path because so much of themselves is self-indulgence. I bow down to hierarchy. I thank you all for being here. Much love.
Any questions? Can evolution go wrong? Yes, most definitely, many times. Just the same as any individual can go wrong. Any individual can go the way of evil. So evolution can go the way of evil. The Second World War, for instance, was only narrowly won by the forces of flight. Well, the fact is human free will. Human free will cannot be tinkered with, cannot be in any way violated by the kingdom of God, by the hierarchy of light. Only the forces of evil will try to, man try to manipulate human beings, right? but not the hierarchy of light. Therefore, the human free will, if the human beings choose to follow a being like Hitler to destroy the planet, then the whole planet will prevent beings of love to encake into it. The whole planet becomes evil, becomes a cancer. And um, the moon, for instance, was once such a planet as the Earth. The moon's the Earth's mother. And the moon once had an evolution such as this Earth. And it went terribly wrong. And there's two types of human beings on this planet. One type of human humanity that evolved on the moon. And on the whole, these are the new ages. Those that inherently know about love and helping the planet. Those that are inherently vegetarian. They don't want to cause animal suffering. They already know about such things. Those that are busy trying to save the rainforests. This is much, much more advanced than the average human beings on this planet who really only know selfishness, who really only know about greed and material things and material comforts, who don't know about um, pain and suffering of the animal kingdom and don't care. And the moon went terribly wrong and one human grouping of human beings from the moon had to quickly go onto this planet and evolving now in conjunction with the humanity on this planet that evolved out of the animal kingdom on this planet and um, thus we have two types of humanity on this planet one older, one younger and thus there's a battle zone between the two one creates the laws of which, which the, the older ones then you have to fight against um, therefore the moon when you look at it is an anomaly in the space it's the largest of the moons relative to the size of the planet and there's so many more mysteries about the moon, why the moon's rocks so old, and so forth. Um, it is the mother of the earth, and uh, it was once much larger than it is now. It <laughs> had a comet hit it and lost much of its material. But before that, the life ended on this planet. That's just an example. Evolution, even on a cosmic cell, as I'm trying to say, is not necessarily predictable by the kingdom of God, will not necessarily go the way a, the kingdom of God intends it to go. Um, the same as you when you incarnate. Your soul might have lots of good plans for you, but you may not necessarily go the way your soul wants you to go, the way of love. You may actually choose the path of evil. You go against your inner voice teaching you what to do. You open your mouth and you abuse your life and you manifest selfishly and separately all around you, um, doing lots of evil acts which the soul has to later fix up, the evil karma that is created. Um, and the same for planetary scales, the same even for a cosmic scale. Um, on the whole, all of evolution goes that way, but not necessarily every being that's incarnate. Every solar system, every planetary system, every human being, um, and that is as above, so below. That which is within is also about. Okay, that's the law. We of hierarchy work hard to try to make sure that this planet will not go the way of the moon. <laughs>